Have a seat, cop a squat, get a chair, a pillow. Hell, sit right here on the stoop next to me. Get you something hot, colder, drink some water, some tea, some juice, some coffee. Hell, it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. <laughs> this is not a continuation of a Mother's Day, but I just, I, I got to share the story. I have to share the story. It's my story. And I have to share it because when I learn things... Or when something is right there, baby. Oh, and it's not to brag. So if that's what you think this is, this ain't the podcast for you. This is experiences and letting you know that there's hope and love and triumph and obstacles and all kinds of things that we're going to face. And if I, if my life or my experience in any way can help you overcome, come through, 
associate, understand, feel, relate to, then allow it. When I had my son, I was 14 going on 15. When I met his father, I was 13 going on 14. He was 15 going on 16. And when I got pregnant, he was 16 going on 17. And I was 15 going, you know, 14 going on 15. So it's not a big age gap. His real father, not his stepdad. So, you know, it was rocky, but we were making it. And when I got pregnant, you know, I just, I, I was like seven months. And a friend of mine, she didn't mean it. She meant it for, uh, she didn't mean it for good when she shared this with me. She was being very facetious, very wicked, but in a way it blessed me. And I'm grateful because <laughs> that's always been it. You might have meant it for good, but the way it came to me, it was a blessing. So... I wasn't bragging or nothing. I was like, yeah, you know, my baby father and, you know, we, we going to make it work. We going to figure it out. Right. So, and I had to help with my parents and stuff and we was making it work. So she took me up on Jamaica Avenue over there by the old welfare building or something in Jamaica Avenue. And she was like, now mind you, I was directly across the street from him. And she was like, that's your baby daddy. And when I saw him, he was nodding. He was so high for dope, y'all. Heroin. It shocked me. It took me by surprise. I mean, I knew crackheads. I knew cokeheads. I never seen a 17-year-old high for dope. Nodding. Never seen that. That was the first time. And it was so close to home that it shocked me. But I did not give her what she wanted. She thought I was going to break down and cry and all that. Now, if he wasn't so high and naughty, if he would have got up and looked across, I was directly across the street. Saw him. Clear as day. He would have saw me, but he was so busy high and naughty. He, he, didn't, he didn't know if Jesus was standing next to him. Let me just say that because he was high, high. And she, I didn't give her that. I didn't cry. I said, oh, okay. Well, that's what he is. I didn't say, wow. Now, in my head, I was like, what the fuck? But I didn't give her that. I was like, well, that's how it is. And we went back to the projects. I made up some lame excuse. But because I was pregnant, nobody ever questioned. So I made up some lame excuse. I don't even remember what it was. And I went home, right? Because, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just tired of all the walking. And we did do a lot of walking. And it was like, yeah, you got to rest. So I went home. And... I was telling, I was crying. I was in my house behind my walls and I was crying. And I told my mother, like, yo, he's a dope fiend. Now, you would have never known because when he was around me, I mean, he smoked cigarettes. but And then when I was pregnant, you couldn't smoke around me. I throw up. So, you know, it, you would think like, okay, this dude got it together. Did not know he was a dope fiend. Real talk. Did That was the furthest from my mind. Real talk. Not knowing that. I was scared. I didn't know, you know, if it was going to get in my baby's blood or whatever. Then I had this vision or what I saw that I was like, yo, what if, you know, I have this baby and the baby's crawling. It, the baby get a hold of his fucking drugs. What? So I knew right there this was over. And when he came to my house, now mind you, 
This was in the afternoon. So that evening, he would always come to my house in the evening. In the evening when he walked up, I was like, yo, get away from me. And he was like, what? What's wrong with you? I said, yo, you a dope fiend? You get high, nigga? I saw you nodding on Jamaica Avenue. He was like, what? I said, I saw you. I'm standing there. You was right there in front of me. I told the people he was around. So he couldn't deny it. He was like, yo, no, let me, no, get away from me. I swear to God, I will call the police. I will. So he walked away. He was cursing me out. He walked away. I was great with that. I didn't see him again until when Daquan was uh, graduating from elementary school. He walked by the church. They was having it in the church. And when he walked in, I threatened him and his whole family, like, don't ever come by my son. And it was, Daquan is now 38. My son just, he always knew who his father was, but he just got a chance to meet him. So, one year in the summer, maybe about two, two, two and a half, three years, I was down in Atlanta and his daughter, my granddaughter asked, you know, she was like, where's my father's dad? She was like, you know, I would love to meet him. I said, you really do? She said, yeah. I said, say less. I'll find him. And, you know, I went through all the channels to find him. And he was in jail. So he had two more years to go, a year and a half, 18 months, technically. Um, I wrote him and told him that he had a 10-year-old granddaughter, that she would love to meet him. And he was so excited, right, when he called me. I sent him food packages and stuff and put a little money on his books and all of that. And um, the the main reason why I found him was that, wow, you know, you have a 10-year-old granddaughter. She's exceptional. You know, your, your bloodline gets to live on. And, and I want you to get to know your son. You know, you, you haven't been in his life. Like, you know. And... I did it because I never wanted my son to say that he missed a part of his life. I had both of my parents, my mother and my father. I knew both sides of my family, my grandfather and them and my mother and them. So, you know, I, I, I wasn't cheated out in life and I'm grateful for that. And I wanted to make sure my children had the same thing. Know both sides of your family and the whole nine. So each one of them, they, they had that. So. I, you know, I wanted my son to say, well, you know, I, I see the, the differences. I see how it's familiar with me. I see all of that. So, and then, you know, my granddaughter, she needs to know, you know, both sides of families and stuff. So, I found them and, you know, I was like, yo, you got to get to know them. Oh, my goodness. So, I remember, and shout out to my godfather, Ephi, today. Because he, he didn't know. And if he listens or if someone listens, you know, man, loose to his spirits. Because he didn't know. So I took a God sister of mine to get a reading from him. And he was reading her, right? And I was just sitting there writing it down. And he turned to and he said, oh, God, daughter, you know, I got this message for you. Now, I never share my personal business, like if I'm sleeping with somebody or anything like that. If it come up in a reading, then, yeah, let's talk about it and find the best way possible. But if it doesn't, I don't just sit there and just tell them that's not me, right? It's never been me. He said, I just, he said, I have this message I got to give you. You know, mind you, he's reading her. And he stopped and he was like, yeah, oh, I got this message to give you. I said, all right. And he was like, look. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know, you know, he said, but you know, if you ever need me, I'm here. He said, but this, the person that you're dealing with, they're not giving you the full story and they're lying. 
and don't let them move in with you. And that was it. That was all. We didn't discuss. I said, okay, I got it. I said, I got you. He didn't know what he was saying, right? But I knew. I knew right then and there. That's why I love when, yo, you give me a message and you may not know, but I know. But the person that receive it, they know. They know what it is. So I said, okay, okay. I didn't discuss it no more. I didn't say nothing to my god sister while we was going home. I didn't say nothing, right? But I, I kept both eyes open. So while he was in jail, you know, I went to go visit him twice before COVID hit. I made sure he had, you know, little packages here and there. And, you know, made sure he had stamps that he could write me and email me. So he was okay. Um, And he was being released December 7th, right, of the following year. So I rode with him all the way until he got released. And I remember when he was on the phone. And he was like, yeah, you know, because we can start dating. I said, get to know your son and your granddaughter. Like, that's first and foremost. So when the, I set my son's phone up and told him to put money on it so he can talk to him. He, had, he took, father talks to him and tells him, oh, you know, me and your mother is going to get back together. My son was livid. He was angry. He was mad. Because he's like, yo, what if it don't work out with y'all? Then I'm not going to get to know you. And it's supposed to be, you know, you... Knowing me, not you trying to sleep with my mother. And I understood where he was coming from. Real talk. So I, I kind of backed up and I told him, I said, why would you say that? Oh, you know, because it, it's supposed to be like that. No, no. Like, slow down. Calm down. You know, there's no rush. Still kept my eyes open. Still kept the ears open. Still, right? It's been 38 years. The last time I saw him, my son was still in my belly. And then when I saw him, my son was graduating from public school, going into junior high. So, uh, I don't know you know you. Now, as time went on, he got married. His wife passed away. And he has two daughters. So, I was like, okay, all right. So, when I found him, he told me he had the two daughters and stuff. And his brother told me the same thing. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So... Like I said, when I saw him at 17, he was sniffing dope. I know addicts that know how to hide it. They won't know until, right? So the plan was, he get out, he get on, he get off a parole, and he move closer, and you know he start building a relationship with his son and his granddaughter. And, you know, we all just start, you know, living and, and making sure everybody's good. But while he was on paper, he lived in the next part before, you know, two hour, an hour or two away from me. So he got off on early release, right? So I'm like, okay. Now, in my head, I'm thinking, well, he, you know, every time I say, hey, you spoke to your son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I text him. We text each other. And I, you know... I didn't really mention it to my son because that's his journey. The same way when he went to go meet his aunts and uncles and them, that's his journey. That's not mine. So, spirit has a way of showing you. Showing you so much. I've learned firsthand that you can't turn a red flag into green. And people will do what people want to do. And people will only have a need for you. When they can get something from you. When that need is over, you don't exist. So I said, say less. So 
he came and visited me maybe about three times, right? And when he first got his apartment, I went out there to help him clean it, fixed it up for him, me and him and stuff. And I told him, I said, you know, you got this apartment. You're not abandoning your children, but you want to make sure everything is right. You start decorating, get some paint, you know, get a little area rug and stuff. Fix it up so when they come in, they can be comfortable. And, you know, you get your job, you start saving money. So if they need something and stuff, you'll you have it, you know. So right now you're in the beginning stage. You just came home. You're still on paper. You have a curfew. You know, let your kids come and visit you on the weekend. But start fixing it up. You know, make it into a home. Y'all, when I went out there, I helped them. I uh, brought, you know, a pot, a pan, some paper plates, uh, uh Coffee, they had a coffee machine in Walmart for like $9 on sale. And I was like, oh, okay, get that. Um, I brought like some curtains that they had in Walmart. There's like a set. Uh, you get two for 20. So, you know, I was like, just your bedroom. You don't got to worry about the other room, the bathroom, and the kitchen. So the living room, take care of themselves. But he saw a set and he brought that set. And I was like, you know, it's a little care package, you know, had the little dish thing, you know, wash rag, or, you know, little things, right? Little things to help you in your welcome home or welcome to your new apartment. So he did that. Like he went to the shelter, he in the halfway house for, um, you know, people returning from prison and he had all these services and they was helping him and stuff. And he moved in his two bedroom apartment, which was really, really cheap, like for real. And I'm like, wow, you know, so, and the apartment was really pretty, right? It was really pretty when you first said, right? When you walked in, you had the living room, you had the bedroom, you have a big kitchen, you have another bedroom, you have the bathroom, and you have like this patio in the back, like, and you could go down the stairs and go out in the backyard, and the backyard was fenced in. So it was really cool. And I'm like, yo, you know, this is nice. Live upstairs, nobody live over me, live over people. Really nice, cool neighborhood, you know, residential so I'm like, this is great. Like, yo, you you locked up. Like, you know, and the landlord lives like maybe about four houses down. And she's really nice. So when she like um, move out others in the apartments and her units, if the furniture looks decent, she was like, you know, I'll give it to you. So she gave him a kitchen table with a few chairs. And she was like, I have some other things if you want it. She said, you know, you come down there and see it. And I was like, yeah, you get an airy rug and some plants, get a little paint, a few pictures. You in, you in, she's helping you. So, I can't stand when people lie to me. Because you don't have a reason to. Right? So, okay. So, it was like a few months. Right? Winter came. And I went out there. So, to me, he was like, nah, I've been fixing up. I'm fixing up. So, I was like, oh, okay, okay. When I got out there, still the same. Still the same. And I'm like, well, what did you fix up? And he was like, no. Now, mind you, his daughter moved in. She got all friends there. All these people there they're smoking and drinking and i'm like how's your daughter he was like she's 19 and how's the other one she's 13 she was turning 14 i said you got all this weed all this looking stuff in here and you got a kid running through here man you'll go to jail no 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 i said these are young girls i said let me tell you if these, I said, i'm gonna be honest as a parent if these was my kids man i'd come in here and beat the hell out of you like what no 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 so when i came out it was his daughter's birthday she was turning 14 he was like yo you know i brought seafood and stuff and i'm like okay and she he was like yeah i just didn't buy a cake 
So I was like, well, let's go to the store. And I brought her cake. I did. I brought her birthday cake. And um, I brought me my food, right? And you see all these young people. So I went into the room and I closed the door. I was watching TV and stuff. And his daughter, his oldest daughter came and she was like, y'all ain't coming to party with us? I said, I don't party with kids. He's like, oh, let's go out there. Wow, I don't party with kids. These are kids. No. I said, and then I can't be around where there's liquor. So, no. I said, you knew that. So, if you knew these, I was trying to look for a train ride to get back out of there. Like, I was ready to go home. But I was leaving that morning. So, I was like, yo, I'll just sit it out. And then I had the conversation. I'm like, yo, you got all these people in here. No one's paying a bill. You got like 10 people up there in the front. Nobody couldn't get no money together to get her cake. I'm just saying. I'm not mad that I brought the cake. But, damn, you got all these people in here. And nobody's paying the bill. Nobody's doing nothing. And they party. And it's the trap house. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Another lie. So, when I was talking to him, he was like, yeah, you know, because you know, my daughter was saying she talks to my granddaughter all the time. So, I hear her on the phone. She, whoever's on the other end, because I don't know. I knew it wasn't my granddaughter. She's like, yeah, that little bitch. Little bitch. What you doing, little bitch? I said, who she talking to? He said, she's supposed to be talking to, you know, our granddaughter. I said, she ain't talking to my granddaughter, calling no bitch. I said, my son would never allow that. I said, nah, she ain't, I don't know who she talking to, but ain't nobody, nah. Come to find out, she wasn't talking to my granddaughter. She's never spoke to my granddaughter unless my son was there. But that's a whole new conversation. Anyway, I'm like, you don't see what all of this is spiraling? She said, no. So I was like, let me get up out of here in the morning. I'm out. I didn't even go to sleep. I sat up in the chair all night until I got out. Because they party all night. Young kids party all night. I was like, let me get out of here. And this would be my last time coming here. And it sure was. That was my last time being out there. It was a long time ago, right? Last year. So last year in the summer. Yeah. Matter of fact, July when I went to Detroit. That was the last time, because the last time was when I went to Detroit. I missed my train. I had to go there, and I stayed there, and I left early that morning, like 7 in the morning when the first train pulled out. So that was the last time I was there. Now, I haven't been there, but he's been telling me that, you know, they he, she had all these kids there, and they had um, holes in the wall and all of that. Uh, you know, the landlord is threatening to kick them out and all of that. I'm like, wow. So, recently, he came here, right? Because he was like, yo, you know, I just need to get away. You know, he got fired from his job. I'm not even going to tell y'all that story because y'all will be sitting there saying, what the fuck? Just like I was. No, I'm going to tell you because I want y'all to get the same reaction. He said he was at work, and when they have their lunch break, they go next door to the bowling alley. And the bowling alley, he was over there smoking a cigarette, just sitting there. He said he saw a $2,000 bottle of liquor. And he said he never saw a $2,000 bottle of liquor. I said, okay. Now listen closely, because I'm going to repeat just what he told me. He said, and then the man came in the room and was like, yo, what are you doing here? And he went to call the police. Now. 
I may not know about every bowling alley, but I do know that there's the employee and there's the back of the bar. And, you know, then you have the front part and, you know, they usually have a store that sell like bowling shoes and stuff. And they have the place where you get your bowling shoes, right? And any questions or how to pay for the lanes or whatever, if it's not computerized. So I asked him, I said, well, first of all, how did you see this $2,000 bottle and where were you? Were you behind the bar? Were you in the room? Oh, no, we all going there. Going where? So now that just automatically let me know you was in a part that said maybe employee only and you don't work there. Okay, maybe somebody might have let you come back there or whatever. But if the manager or the owner there, evidently they're not used to you. They was wondering why you were back there and they went to call the police so they don't know you. So what were you really going to do? If you would have stole the $2,000 bottle, you wasn't going to sell it for $2,000 out of here. So what were you planning on doing? You don't drink. So what was you planning on doing with it? So he wound up going, the guy called the police. He wound up going back to the job and left early. And when he got home that morning, the police called him and asked him what happened. Well, yeah, we do have respect for police up here. So that I will give. And they asked him what happened. And they told him the owner uh, now does not want you on their property. So you're no longer allowed to go into the bowling alley. So he calls his job and he asked the manager who gave my information out because the police just came and you know just caught me so they told him and he was like well I'm not coming in today because I'm stressed you know because they you know they called me and he hung up and they text him and said you don't have to come in you're fired so they fired him right then and there through the text so I'm like, that's too many questions. I'm not going down this rabbit hole. I'm not going down this rabbit hole. So, okay. So he calls me a few days later and was like, yo, I want to come out. You know, I got fired and stuff and I just need to get away. Okay. Well, the kids and all of us are here. So yeah, you can, right? I always make up a bed for him, you know, so he can sleep. I don't sleep with him or nothing. So, you know, rest your mind. We cook. We all just, you know, sit outside. We just enjoy or, or we go somewhere, right? So he comes out, and which was another flag, right? He comes out. Now, his train gets here at 745. He didn't get to my house until 10 o'clock. So I'm like, okay, right? Now, normal people, you come, they're expecting you, you'll call. He didn't call. I'm like, okay, his train came at 745. Well, maybe he went to go see friends or whatever. So now it's 8, 9. 9.30. I'm like, yo, where you at? Now it's close to 10. I don't know who he thought he was fooling, but okay. Oh, I'm at the barbershop at 10 o'clock? What you? No, I had to get a shape up. Okay. I'm on my way. He didn't get here until 10.30. So I said, okay. I said, all right. So he got here. Right, he was like, oh, I made it, you know. I was like, okay. I said, well, you know, if you're hungry, I got something. Yeah, yeah, because I ain't eat. Okay. So we're sitting outside afterwards, you know, my daughter and them, we started walking, right? There's the parking lot across the street is so big. So we use it as a track to walk around. A lot of people do it, right? Because it's so big. So we're walking around there and stuff, and my daughter pulls up with her friends and stuff. So we're all sitting out there talking. So... Afterwards, we come up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. You taking a shower? Took a shower. He saluted first. Took a shower. Excuse me, took a shower and stuff. And 
okay. So he was like, well, what are we doing tomorrow? I said, well, my grandson has a art exhibit he wants to go to, so and he wants to meet up with his friends, so I'm going to go with him. He was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, we can go. I said, okay. So we did that. And, you know, he went, we went, we had fun, then came back, I, you know, grabbed some stuff at the supermarket, I came back. So he was like, yeah, I'm going to go and go walking. I said, okay, you know. By then, it was like about 3.30, right? You know people out here, so go, you know, shit. I'm, we're not attached, so, you know, go do you. So he comes back. <laughs> the one thing you could never do is hide, right? Because my mother used to always say, you sit by the beach long enough, you watch all the shit float by. So when he came back, he was like, yeah, I'm so tired. But he was nodding. I'm like, okay. All right, so I made him something to eat. He was watching a movie. I was in the chair until I dozed off, right? So he went and got in the bed, and he was asleep. So then that next day, right, because he stayed for the weekend, that next day, he was like, yo, what are we doing? I said, oh, we might go to the zoo or something. I said, it all depends. He was like, okay, okay. He said, look, I'm going to go and walk around a little bit, and I'll be back. I said, well, you know, it's going to get like 70 degrees around 3 o'clock. Nah, nah, I'm leaving at 9. I'll be back here around 10, 30, 11. I said, okay, okay. Y'all, he didn't come back until 3.30. <laughs> so he was left at 9 in the morning until 3.30. Right? So I hate, you know, planning like a... Uh, an event or something, and I have to plan around people. If you're going out, great, do that. Like, you know, so this way I don't have to plan a day around you because how you going to get in the house? You know, what if something happens? So, you know, like, I, I love clear communication. So around about 2.30, I was like, yo, man, you know, what are you doing? Oh, oh I'm on my way. He didn't get here really until like almost 4 o'clock, real talk. So when he get in, right, he has this bag. Now, when he left, he didn't have a bag. And I'm like, yo, and here's the reason why I'm telling you all this, because I, I want you to fully understand. So I was like, yo, where you get the bag from? <laughs> He's like, yo, I picked it up out the garbage. Wait, what? You going to bring something in my house that you got out the garbage? He was like, no, nah, no, nah, I needed something to put my jacket in. It was hot. I said, I told you it was going to get hot, right, around that time. No, no, no. So, okay. So something was like, yo, look in that bag. Y'all, first I asked him, because I always give people a chance. I said, yo, you've been going since nine. You just not getting back? Like, yo, nigga, what was you doing? Like, you know, I was like, because I didn't want to leave, and you you didn't have a way to get in the house. Didi's at work. Like, you, you would have been stuck out there. So what were you doing? I was trying to sell a watch. What? I said, okay, so my daughter was like, ma, I saw him. I saw him walking up the avenue part, like the main street. And she was like, you know, I saw him like, damn, he way over here. He was way on the other side. He walked there. I'm like, yo, you walked around for four, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, three. You walked around for seven hours in the sun? You just walked? Yeah, 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 because I was trying to sell this watch. What? What? What watch? Y'all, I tell y'all no lie. I looked in the bag. This fool that went and stole some things and was trying to sell them. Now, with further 
let you in on this whole thing. <laughs> My daughter texted me and she was like, yo, where's Press One? I said, oh, he's outside. She said, yo, because the landlord is saying somebody's in front nodding. He fell. He hit his head. But he's nodding. So the landlord didn't know. She was like, and I, I respect my landlord. I love her to death. Because when we're not here, she watches the house. The room camera, yeah, I would do it, camera. But that's only going to pick up so much. So she watches the house. She sees anybody there or anything that's funny. She calls the police. Like, I love you, ma. Shit, stay on point. That's what I love about you. So she don't know who he is. So she's like, yo, it's this dude out there that's, you know, she was telling, uh, Hug baby daddy. Yo, can you come out here? Because there's some dude out here that's nodding. Like, he looks like he's on drugs. Is he how for dope? So, she sends me the video. And I'm looking on my ring camera. And he is nodding. Where he almost hits the floor. But he don't hit it. Every time he get close, he pop back up. So, I go downstairs. Just standing there. When I tell you I thought I was on Jamaica Avenue. Looking across that day. 30 something years ago. Looking across, watching him nod. That's just what he was doing in front of my door. I went and explained to my landlord. I apologized and told her I wasn't upset or anything. Like, I thank her for just making sure that, you know, we are all secure. I, I give thanks to her. And she should have called the police. She should have. Then when I get him upstairs, trust me, he was leaving 6 a.m. in the morning. When I get him upstairs, he's nodding. He's like, what? I'm tired. I was like, you tired or you high? I ain't ha. I'm like, wow. So, he got up. I never went to sleep. I sat there. He was like, oh, I should leave. And every time he went to go smoke a cigarette, I went with him. So, I know I was making him mad because he couldn't sniff that dope. All he had to do was go down and smoke that cigarette. Was it like I was seven, you know, like when I saw him when he was 17? Yeah, like, damn, nigga, you've been smoking dope since you were 17. You are 50-something years old. Damn, and you you know how to mask it and hide it. Like you are you're an expert when it comes to that, right? Real talk. So he um he was so mad. He was like, "Oh, you don't have to come downstairs." Yeah, I do. Because if you gonna nod or embarrass me, you damn right I am. So long story short, he went wind up going to sleep. I'm wind up watching. I saw a rampage. I watched every any show that I missed. I definitely watched it that night. So I didn't sleep. So when he got up. It was like about 5.30. He got up. I was like, yo, I had everything laid out. Like, yo, you know, get your stuff. And he's mad. Oh, fuming. Because I told him, yo, you could never come back to my house. Ever. Ever. You have lost every privilege known to man. You can't. Like, I would never put your living or your money in jeopardy. And since you did that with me, you, you can't. I don't care if you my baby daddy, my baby cousin, whatever. You don't mess up the whole frame. And he was like, oh, just apologize. Oh, it's not like that. I was just tired. Tired people come upstairs and go to sleep. Tired people don't nod. No, no, they lying. No, no, no. Sorry. Not at all. So I asked him, I said, you have everything, right? He's like, yeah, and I'm never coming back. And, you know, this is fucked up. Now he's angry because he couldn't get high, right? Because I was on his ass every five minutes. So, and I wasn't worried about him stealing from me. I had to beat him to death. And I'm like, yo, no. Now, when I was coming, when I was growing up, my uncle was 
an addict, right? He was on dope. And my father wouldn't, didn't want to see his brother be like that. So my father was with him through his detox and the whole nine. And my father used to always say, you know, when you're dealing with someone that has an addiction, it's not easy. And you have to be strong-minded. He said, because you'll resent them or you'll start getting high with them. So with my father had my mother. And my mother had her mother and everybody else and then the kids. So my father didn't smoke or drink anything. He smoked his weed and that was it. But anything that was hardcore, nah, nah. So my uncle was, right? Or two of my uncles, they were. But Uncle Nat was. And my, my father refused to let his brother you know, get high. Like he was with them while he was throwing up. I mean, and sometimes when they come down and they can't get high, they become really nasty. Like they talk to you like you in shit. So my pops, you know, he, he didn't want, we didn't have no choice because he was in our house. But if he had a choice, he wouldn't have had us view that. But then he prepared us. He was like, yo, you know, this is what you seen. And when my brother was getting high, he told my sister-in-law, he said, one or two things, baby girl. He said, cause you're not ready for that. He said, that's, a, that's something that takes a lot. And he said, and if, if you're not ready, you'll wind up getting high. She did. She wound up getting high. My son's father, his wife, she was a nurse. She passed away, but she wound up following the same thing. And I, I remember telling him in here, like, yo, see that lady in there? That lady that's sitting there? My crown? She ain't going to let that happen. She'll remove you before she allow anything to happen to me. So I'm not worried about it, right? There's no sexual anything against you or anything like that. But what you're doing, it's not lined up to who I am. So no. Now, when I was telling my son, he was like, well, you know, if you're lonely, no. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. As a mother, like I said, I didn't ever want my son to not know that side of his father's family. I didn't want him. I wanted him to experience his journey. So me thinking that, yo, if he see or if he see that, yo, this is not what we do. And, yo, we, are, we ain't judging you. We want to help you. How can we pour into you? And, you know, so you can get in that position where you can meet your granddaughter. Because you only spoke to her one time on the phone so you can meet her. So you can have a relationship with your son. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep you around so you can have that. But you know what I learned? From talking to my son and when Young was here, my, father, my son never went without. Just this past weekend... I learned why Shango has Cabo Sile, my son. He was the father. He never left him. He showed up in every male that came into his life to show him this is how, this is what. So he never was without seeing what a man does, how they take care of their family. He saw that. And everywhere of his life where a male figure was, Shango was there. I'm telling y'all. I wanted this person, this physical person to say, hey, damn, I missed out. I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to get my life together to be in his life. I don't regret not having him there because all he would do was get high. So I, I wasn't. I, no, you're not going to have that around my son. I want my son to have a chance. There's too many black boys out here that don't get that chance. My father was in his life, 
And everybody that normally was in his life had some obsession with drums. My father was the first one. Drummer. Craig had an obsession with drums. Devon loves a good beat and drum. Yo, every dude. And I'm like, yo. Where a man stepped up and was like, yo, I, I, I hope you take care and we'll work it out together. Don't worry about it. For real. So I'm sitting there and I'm telling my son, I was like, I didn't do it because I want someone with me. I, I date. I did it because I didn't want you to be without. He said, Mom, I'm good. I said, you're good? He was like, I'm good. So I met him. This was my experience. I'm good. I, I, I see what I'm happy that I didn't become. I'm happy that you, he said, I was sitting there like, damn, I'm happy my mother chose the life she chose. I'm happy that. She made sure. And he said, over in Cuba, they told him, your mother sacrificed to save your life. Because if your father was in your life, you would have wound up in jail or dead. I had this vision when I was pregnant with my son. So, yeah. He was like, no. I said, I thought I told you. I said, yeah, you said something about it. I said, but he said, no. He said, they told me in Cuba that because of what you did, you saved my life. He's like, because my father wouldn't have met me, wouldn't have been there. When you're an addict, the only thing you worry about is that next get high. You're not worrying about nobody else. My granddaughter is exceptional. She's amazing. I love her to death. Smart, sarcastic like her daddy and, his, and her grandma. So, and ask questions. She don't have a, a thing of asking. And I don't think kids, the same way my father say, I don't think kids should be seen on that. Yeah, okay, if they can live in that glass bubble, let them be kids until it is time for them to tr to go and to be another age. But allow them to be kids, allow their imagination to soar. Let them know that Santa Claus is there and the Easter Bunny. I don't care how y'all raise y'all. Mine, no, Santa is coming. No, the Easter Bunny is coming. Let them have an imagination. I loved it. I loved all the fairy tales. I did it with my nieces and everybody else. So, yes, I don't know if your kids going to be growing up all. Yeah, they know they black. They understand their history. But let them be kids. Let them keep that innocence for as long as they can. Let their imagination soar. She don't need to be around someone that's not in like... Grandma Boo, he, he tired and he nodding and drooling and all that. She don't need to be around that. The world is already going to be enough for her when she get out there. Let her enjoy being a kid. If she want to sit there and play with doll babies and do little kitty TikToks and the Roblox doing the dances and stuff, let her do it. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking and I'm like, you got a parole. You know how everything starts making sense? You got a parole, you still stay. You nowhere... Did you keep that connection with your son or your granddaughter? You're lying to me, right? No, and all I got to do is pick up the phone. Hey, Dada, you, you, you never made a connection. But you know the path you're taking where you're still stealing. You're still doing the same shit that got you in jail before. You're still doing that. So you're thinking, oh, well, if I lie to her and keep her like that, then if I get in jail again, I can always lie and say it wasn't my fault and they railroaded me or they picked me and she'll be there. No, no, I won't. I won't. I told him, I said, yo, you are no longer welcome in this house. And you don't even really, if, if you want to get to know your granddaughter or your son, you'd have made it possible. You didn't. You got a phone. 
Not one time did you pick it up. I have to tell you, yo, you spoke to your son. Oh, well, I'll be texting him. You know, we on a different time frame. Why? You ain't got no job, nigga. You, you got fired. What's your excuse now? I said, yo, you like that life. You know, all the stuff you did when you were 20, you, you can't do that no more. But you like that life. But today, I said, yo, Shango was there. I'm sitting here worrying about a physical father when that spiritual dude been watching him when I couldn't be there. He made sure he was good. Even when I was arguing with him, he still made sure he was good. When he was going all different places while he was living, just being a husband, a father, just going through all his growing pains and everything. Shungo was there. Gabo Stile. And I'm like, yo. He didn't, he didn't miss anything. He didn't miss none of that. Whatever he lost, he made sure he had it tenfold. We as mothers and as parents, we want what's best for our children. But sometimes we do more harm than we do good. Here it is. I'm thinking I can save this dude so he can be a man and stand up and, and be a part of my granddaughter and my son's life. When all reality, he didn't want that. He just wanted somebody that might help him if he get arrested. He never stopped getting high. But he can mask it really well. And I'm like, you can't hide anything. Especially when you come up in here. You can't hide it. They go from Egon to Arisha, they're going to let you know from the door, this and this. We know when they're coming back or we know when they're not. So I'm sitting there like, I apologize. And my son was like, Mom, I'm good. I said, no, because that's the reason why I kept him around is so y'all can have this connection. I said, but I apologize. I, I'm never above apologizing in where I do wrong. Yeah, I, I, I hold myself accountable. That's why I carry a mirror. Not, I know I look pretty, but what part did I play? And the part was me thinking I'm doing something right. When technically spirit and everything else was like, stop, pause. He spoke to his granddaughter one time to almost a year and a half ago. He hasn't spoke to her since. He spoke to his son two times and that was it. And I was like, wow. Wow. No, not naive, not confused, not, oh my goodness, no. Because I don't think I should check up. That's my son's journey. Wow. But while we was talking today, I'm like, wow. But as a parent and as a mother, right? I mean, I was married. Don't get it twisted. But as a mother and a parent, you want to make sure that your kids have more than what you have. Not only financially, but physically, mentally, spiritually. You want them to be okay. And you never want to have them guessing. You know, my pops taught me that. Like, you don't want to have, this is your grandfather. This is your great-grandfather. This is your grandmother. This is your great-grandmother. This is your aunt, your cousins, y'all. Like, I knew from both sides. I know everybody, right? So I want to make sure they have the same thing. Yo, I didn't just fuck somebody and be like, yo, I don't know. No, I know this. No, this is your uncle. This is your aunt. Like, yo, and he had a chance to meet them. And he said through the whole ordeal, I'm happy you made that choice. Okay. But I'm like, yo, you didn't even make an effort. But I remember what my godfather said. That person, whatever it is, that person's lying. 
And I remember when he was in jail, he was like, yo, so you should let me parole to your house. No, ain't nobody living with me. He was like, what? Nah, that's not going to happen, player. You know, I don't, I don't know how you deal with money. I don't know how you pay your bills. I don't know none of that. And each and every day, and I told him that. I said, I'm happy I didn't because you come with baggage. Now, I don't have, a, I don't have anything against a man with kids. But if your kids are using your house as the party and the trap house, you think you're going to have that in my house? No, we're not doing that. No. But it was, I'm grateful for Sean Gold. I will see her every day of my life, even more so, to where each time it wouldn't happen. It would not happen. And once again, he saved him. He saved him. Because anything could have happened. Anything could happen. And if this person really wants to be in their life, then he'll clean up his act and he'll, he'll earn that right. But some people like the comfort that they created. He liked getting high. That's his escape. He likes just going out stealing. That's his life. And I was like, not only did you put me in jeopardy, you put my home in jeopardy, you out there stealing because I'm looking in the back like, yo, what is this? I was like, yo, what if they would have followed you and came to my house? Like, yo, why would you put me in that? I pay for my things. Like, why? why? Oh, no, no, they didn't like that. I brought this from somebody. Man, the packaging stuff is still on there. It's like somebody you went in and they was ready to put it on their wall. It's somebody inventory that you went in and clipped. Like, I don't know who you lying to. Like, how could you do that? You... Not only, you don't care about your life, but you don't even care about, I said, you see, my block is residential. It's quiet. We don't have people out here nodding on the step and stuff. When you're tired, you go upstairs, you go in your bed. But you're sitting here nodding. Oh, why you think it's dope? Because that's what dope things do, player. Oh, I, weed don't make you nod like that. It ain't a weed on the planet that make you nod. Weed make you sleepy or make you hungry. But the show ain't going to make you nod. You nodding, you know, just enough to not hit the ground. I was like, wow. I said, you know, this is above my pay rate. And the day from today or tomorrow, if you ever choose to be in your child's life, you need to be clean and stand on it. But his his friend offered him to go into a detox, and he kept on fighting it. Oh, I don't get hot. I'm like, so nothing is what? <laughs> like, what? what is that? You get angry. Oh, I, I need to leave. No, you don't. When the lights come on, then you can go. Like, no, because I don't know what may happen to you. So, And I don't need you to miss your train. I need you to get back where you live. For real. And did it. People wear masks. But I always say what my mom say. You sit by the beach long enough, you'll watch everything float by. All you got to do is be quiet. Learn more of being quiet than you do with anything else. And people can't act. Not for too long. Everybody need that that in between. They need that rest. And when that rest comes, they want to show their true selves. I was like, and I haven't seen him since last July. So, you know, now I'm seeing him. You've been getting high. So, and he's so skinny. I'm like, wow, man, you lost mad weight. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I be walking, I don't be eating. What? Now, people that shoot dope, yeah, they get that artificial fat. But people that sniff dope, they get real skinny. Skinny. 
like bone brittle. And they, they look like yellowish to me, like they eyes and stuff. Because I was like, wow, man, you're going to really sit here and, and just do. I was like, wow, wow. And it's, it's sad. But I'm also happy. Man, I'm happy. That's why I'm sharing y'all with this. I don't I don't have anything to hide. I never did. Um and you know, I'm I I'm never upset or mad or regret any choice I ever made about my kids. And I'm grateful that Devon did step up. I didn't ask him to, but he did. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my brothers. I'm grateful for his step pops, Craig, God bless his dad. I'm grateful for all of them, Ed, all of them that all stepped up and was like, yo, here. Because they were all the men in his life. So he did not, he, he can't say he didn't have that male influence. He can't say that he wasn't around men that made it happen, that took care of their homes, that owned homes, that, you know, did what they were supposed to do for their children and their family. And nowhere along the line did anybody nod or anybody, they made you drunk and, you know, adding them, taught them how to drive and made sure he understood the rules, rules of the road and, you know, how to make sure you take care of your home and things like that and stand up and be a man to take care of your kids. I can teach my son how, what women do and how a woman should be. I can't teach him how to be a man because I can't teach him something that I'm not, but I'm grateful. And Every part where I was sitting there talking to her and I'm going through, you know how you go through all the memories? I'm sitting there like a computer. Like every part of his life, there was Shango, Cabo Sile. Every part of his life, that essence, that presence was there. And I'm so grateful. I'm beyond grateful. And now I understand why he that's his child. I understand. He didn't lose out on no male figure. He didn't. And here it is. I, I want this person to say, wow, he didn't. He don't, he, he don't need him. The only thing he did that I'm grateful for is to get me pregnant to have him. That's the only part he did. But every other part of his life, men stood up. And not, oh, I didn't sleep with him. No, these are men like brothers and Friends like, yo, you know, that's, that's my boy. That's my, yo, what's up? It's my little bra. It's my stepson. That's, you know, adding all of them. So he didn't lose out on anything. And I'm grateful for him. Every single one of them. I'm grateful. The sad part is the person that birthed, you know, the person that created you, your dad, he missed out on meeting an exceptional man and amazing granddaughter. And the only thing I can do is pray that he get healing. That's the only thing I can do at this point. But I don't need to force or call or interact. I don't. I don't. I really don't. And I, I, I apologize to my son. I was like, yo, I'm sorry because here it is. I thought that you wanted to fill a void. And he was like, mom, I'm good. He was like, for real, I'm good. And I was like, oh, well, it makes no sense for me to have no connection with him. And I'm okay with that. I really am. But I apologize for jumping in, thinking I can fix something that wasn't even broken. And I apologize for that. Parents need to know they can apologize. Parents need to know that you don't always have to fix something. And we need to sit back and make sure we gave them the tools. They know how to fix it. They know how to do all of that. 
And if children need to be children, and they don't need to see that part, they don't need to grow up before their time. You don't need to have all that stuff. No, be kids, dance, play, go outside, have fun, go to school. But calling little girls bitches and all of that, no, 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 no. And that's what his side of the family does. They see, oh, that little bitch, what? Oh, my God, no. Oh, God, no, you can't do that. You know? And no kid should have to see anyone not in your family, like, yo, nodding and being on dope. No. Oh, my God. No. No. So, I, I speak of this because I'm forever grateful. I'm forever grateful. I don't allow anything to have me have regrets. I did it. It was my life. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that even though the friend did it as spite and malicious, it turned out to be a blessing for me. I'm grateful that my culture, my belief, every part of my life, they were there and they never left me. I'm grateful I don't have to give them human qualities, but I definitely know that their energy has always been around. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for even the crazy people that was in my life because all of it was a lesson and a blessing. And I'm grateful to know that you can't turn a red flag green. And when it's time to walk away with no regrets and no remorse to walk away. Because some people don't want change. Some people like the way they are. Some people are so used that they believe there's no change for them. That's the only way they can live. Here you've been sniffing dope since you were 17. You are 50 something years old. You still sniffing? Wow. And you know how to hide it. To where if you're not looking for it, and you know the right words to say, but every mask got to fall off. Every mask must fall off. All you have to do, and I used to always wonder why my mother used to be like, when you're walking, speak to people, but just be quiet because you learn more through silence than anything. All you got to do is watch and observe and listen. People let you know everything from the jaw. But we so quick to jump in and to, you know, get egotistical and all that. I don't got to do all that. But I'm grateful to know that my son is in good hands. And nowhere do we have a black hole of missing anything. And we did a good job. All of us. When they say take a village, that village definitely raised them. And I'm happy he came up in that era like that. I'm happy that I had the... the the courage and uh, freedom, the safe space, so I can tell my mother, yo, he on, he on dope. And they all stepped in. They didn't take him from me. They didn't say, oh, ACS is coming. No. But they saw where there was a, a gap and everyone stepped in the feeling to make sure, okay, he, he doesn't have this kind of guidance. Then they stepped in. Oh, wait, she needs this so she can help him with that. So the women stepped in. So I didn't, I didn't lose anything, and neither did he. And I'm grateful. So, y'all, you don't have to force a parent if they don't want to be in a child's life or they don't think that they are worthy of it. Don't force them. Somewhere along the line, they never went without. You're a great parent. Continue to do. And don't. Don't feel bad. You don't have to overcompensate. 
God take care of babies and folks. My mother used to say that, and that's real. I love y'all. Thank you. Uh, see y'all in Detroit this weekend. And listen, be authentic if you can't be nothing else. Just be yourself. Show up as you. And I appreciate you even more.